Sometimes life hits you in the head with a brick. Don't lose faith. Steve Jobs. Welcome to episode six of the Dr. Cliff podcast, Team Members in Helmets. All right, everyone. Good morning. It's about 6 a.m. I decided to do this podcast recording early in the morning in the dark before the sun rises, before anyone else is up. I've been up since 4.30, my normal early morning wake up, six days of the week. Sundays, I sleep in until 6 a.m. Anyways, uh, this episode, titled Team Members in Helmets, <laughs> kind of a, a, a funny, uh, funny little quote there from Steve Jobs, that sometimes life does hit you in the head with a brick, and you can't lose faith. You got to duck and weave and bob, uh, or do what I do. Have a bunch of cool team members around you, and it's like wearing a, a perfect helmet. Um, helmets, what do they do? They protect each of us from life's bricks, or at least the types of helmets I'm talking about. And uh, you can't lose faith. You gotta, you gotta just keep plugging on, right? You gotta, you gotta trust your friends. You gotta trust your abilities. You gotta trust your vision. Uh, again, occasionally it helps to try and avoid those life bricks by dodging and weaving and ducking and whatnot, but uh, maybe every once in a while a stiff jab in the nose. Uh, I'm not encouraging violence, of course. This is all just, it's just examples. We're just, we're just saying similes. It's the end of November almost, uh, 2020, and holy crap, COVID has become a big effing brick. Uh, smacking a lot of people in the head. Uh, we got people losing jobs, livelihoods being challenged, relationships, uh, relationships hurting across the country, across the world. You're stuck at home with somebody, uh, potentially going through some serious financial stresses and family stresses. And it's putting, uh, it's putting your relationship strength to the test. Uh, a lot of depression. Fortunately, obviously, uh, uh, very sad suicide rates are going up. Just serious mental health issues. And, uh, of course, a decline in, in both the world and people's personal economic health. So it's just, you know, brick after brick after brick. Uh, here in Toronto, another lockdown has hit. Um pretty much for, for all small businesses. Uh, the big businesses seem to be able to stay open because they have outdoor entrances and they're considered essential. Places like Walmart, you know, they got grocery stores in them. And of course, we got to go get food. But what's stopping you from while you're getting your food, going in and checking out some Christmas gifts and so it kind of screws over the uh, the mom and pop shop, you know. So right before Christmas, we got a, a month basically. If we're lucky, which uh, honestly I don't think we will be, um, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be these businesses are gonna be locked down the last week before Christmas as well, and and probably into Christmas and New Year's, and then there'll be some more waves because no matter how much we try and encourage people not to visit their loved ones, understandably they're gonna break the rules a little bit, um, even if they social distance and go outside, go for a walk, does that somehow increase 
numbers of COVID positives. Uh, I think it will. So this lockdown may last a lot more than 28 days. So life's throwing bricks at us, um, brick after brick after brick. And But, you know, as far as the, the veterinarian world, uh, we're considered essential services. We're... Um, we're open for all services. Now, I'm in York Region, even though I live in Toronto, and, and the York Region area is not under lockdown. We've got some limitations, but even if we are in lockdown, the vet clinics in uh, in Toronto and in Peel, uh, where there are full lockdowns, they're, they're open for business. Now, I've been talking to a lot of my colleagues in the industry, uh, not only veterinarians, but technicians and receptionists and whatnot, animal care people. And uh, not all clinics are thriving. All clinics are surviving, definitely, but not all are thriving. And and that's what's going on at Wellington Vet Hospital right now is we're actually, it's kind of, I, I feel bad saying it. Uh, it's definitely a bit of guilt and some awkwardness, but we're actually um, doing quite well. Uh, we're busier than ever now. We're busier in the sense of we got a crap load of work to do um, because we are short-staffed and and we've kind of adjusted hours and and adjusted tasks, you know. So there's a just a lot more work to do and a lot more hoops to jump through. But even on top of that, like our actual let's call it revenue, our revenue, our our actual workload is busier than it was last. September, last October, last November. So even if we had full staff, which we're looking at hiring some new people soon, we're, uh, we're, we're still busier than ever. And we, you know, I, I get to talking with my, again, my colleagues about why that is. And, and, you know, part of it is that a lot of people are buying, getting puppies and kittens. Unfortunately, a lot of them are getting these, we call them COVID puppies. Uh, they're getting them from Europe and from uh, outside of the province, outside of the country, you know, these little Yorkies that are adorable and costing 3,500 or four grand and sometimes sight unseen because they're coming from these far away lands. You know, I mean, we had a, we had one day last week where I think I saw three or four new puppies in one day like that. That's sometimes a week for me. So, you know, we're busy because of that, but not all clinics are like that. And, and we're, I was trying to figure out with my friend, Dr. John, why that is. And I had already kind of had the answer in my head prior to talking to him. I think the difference is my team. And, you know, I know on this podcast, I've, I've talked in the past about, you know, that, that you can count on your team and you can count on your friends to a certain level, um, that they're not going to be there for you for many, many years, which of course isn't the situation, but, you know, kudos to my team right now. They are, they have stepped it up and, uh, they have shown their leadership and their independence and their passion for this, uh, this career of theirs and this industry and their, their passion and their love for animal care. And it's because of me having the, these team members that I, I feel like I've got that sort of supposed helmet on that's protecting me from life's bricks. Um, you know, we're, we're doing great. Um, but a lot of clinics aren't, a lot of clinics are suffering. And I, I do think the difference is teamwork, teamwork and leadership. And I, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about, 
you know, uh, uh, Jessica, my office manager, and and Arthur, who's uh, the head tech, not the head technician, but the full-time technician that we have. We don't have a head technician. Full-time technician, um, and he's really stepped it up, and uh, the whole crew, that they're, they're doing their best to solving problems and putting out fires and keeping clients happy um, all on their own, and then going to their you know, let's say supervisor or the person above them and eventually to me if they can't solve that problem. But um, they're knocking on my door a lot less frequently and um, they're calmly explaining to clients that, you know, we're doing the best we can and they're giving them the the confidence that, you know, don't worry, stick with us. Uh, We understand that you're a little stressed out, that you're, you know, puppy isn't eating or your dog has diarrhea or your cat's peeing out of the litter box. So, you know, I'll get back to you. And they do, they get back to them with the answers to their questions. And it's really, really, again, made me appreciate uh, the people I have around me, the industry I'm in, the clients that I've had. I mean, we had one client in yesterday that unfortunately had to say goodbye to their 20 year old cat who had kidney failure. And uh, she was talking with my daughter, who she had kind of recognized from all the YouTube videos of our our trips around the world. My daughter, Emily, uh, volunteers with me. Um, And uh, she was just, this client was telling Emily, who's 19, she was with me as a client before Emily was even born. And it, you know, so it's this constant reminder to me about how lucky I am that I have these, these people in my life. Um, had a great conversation or, or let's say deep conversation. One of those conversations you have with your loved one, this one with my wife, um, you know, about the challenges she's having, not working and trying to keep herself motivated, staying at home, doing this, doing that, um, taking on some new hobbies and learning some new skills or strengthening some of her current skills but, uh, you know, it was one of those conversations where you just turn off the TV and, you know, sip your coffee and, and put your feet up and just talk for 15 minutes. And it was really nice. And, you know, thank goodness we have each other. And, and, and although she's struggling, I, I would say to stay motivated, you know, we both admitted that we have it much better off than a lot of other people. And it's because of the people that we have in our lives, these so-called these so-called helmets, you know, so I talk about how the clinic's doing well and, and, and not just surviving, but thriving. And then I see on the, the news and hear about it on the radio and watch about it on TV and talk to clients over the phone that there are so many businesses that are struggling. There, there are people that, you know, are work for another business that's, that's struggling and they've lost their jobs. So they're having to apply to, the Canadian Employment Relief Benefit Fund, or CERB, as we call it here, essentially, uh, EI, uh, essentially, um, for people in the U.S., it'd be like welfare, basically, you know, some financial assistance, and the Canadian government's done as good a job as can be expected in this uh, unusual time. So I, you know, I see all these stories, and and people are crying on the news, and, and it hurts me because... I would imagine what would happen to my business and how I would feel, you know, I've owned this business almost 21 years now. And, uh, 
you know, longer than my, my kids were born, basically, uh, 21 years. And, and what would happen if after 21 years of working my ass off to provide for my family and, and to provide a future, and I'm finally getting to a point where after 20 plus years, I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable that it's not, you know, day to day and paycheck to paycheck. What if that all came crashing down? And I'm starting to feel success guilt, you know, it's like a a financial version of survivor's guilt when people survive some sort of car crash or plane crash and other people die from it. They feel guilty, you know, why was I chosen to live and or what can I do to make my surviving uh, worth it, you know, that I can appreciate the opportunity I have. And so I kind of have this occasional success guilt or at least uh, success awkwardness, you know, because I see these these things on the news and and although I'm I'm dealing with challenges and my team's helping me deal with these challenges financial challenges aren't one of them you know so i'm talking to friends about it talking to the team i was actually you know meeting with my accountant yesterday over the phone about paying annual taxes and etc cetera, etc cetera. and i mentioned it to them and uh, and of course talked to about it with my wife and and they've all kind of said the same thing that you know obviously i don't have anything to feel guilty about um, it's not like we've, uh, made changes to benefit from our success. We've, we haven't bumped up our prices. We've actually put a freeze on prices. We've, uh, had to, and this is something we talked about. I talked about with the team many months ago that we started implementing sort of protocols for payment plans for our clients. Uh, we do quite often, a lot more often than we used to, um, coincidentally uh, forget, air quotes, forget to charge for a few things to keep keep bills under control. You know, we've, we've adjusted treatment plans, meaning, you know, hey, your, your dog's vomiting and has diarrhea. We need to do x-rays and do some blood work and run a urine and get them on IV fluids. That would be the best plan. And of course, sometimes people say, Jesus, Cliff, you know, I I can't. We, we're, we're dealing with some financial hardships that we haven't had to deal with before. You know, I feel so bad. Fluffy's sick. And, and, and so I'll say, you know what? Like, let's just do this. Your dog's vitals are okay. And while it would be best to run all those tests and be as aggressive as possible, you know, let's see what corners we can cut. Let's see what, you know, treatments we can discount. Well, let's see what tests we can hold off on and at least even 12 hours. Um, and of course, if, if the animal's in dire straits, we're going to do whatever is, is needed and, and find a way to make it possible. But, you know, we do sort of uh, uh, cut corners and try and solve that riddle with a little bit less information. So, you know, we've made these adjustments and, you know, I can honestly say so far it hasn't bit us in the butt in the sense of we've still been able to solve the problems and help the animals get better uh, without allowing them to be sick for too long or to suffer or or whatnot and and so it's been a it's been a good lesson and and learning opportunity and team building and I don't just mean with my team members I mean 
with the clients, with the pet owners, because they're they're part of the sort of healthcare team as well. They're actually the most important part of the healthcare team. So, you know, we've made these adjustments. So, you know, I, I think I could reasonably say I don't have anything to feel guilty about, but I still do. Um, and all I can do is is try and support local businesses, which I'd con- uh, encourage all of you guys out there to do. Um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a uh, it's been a interesting six months, and uh, life has thrown a lot of those a lot of those bricks uh, at us. Um, it's gonna be a nice quick uh, podcast today. I'm gonna uh, I, I do want to do a quick uh, shout out to everyone who's who's thrown some some love and some positive vibes at us regarding our family dog Thalia being sick. The last podcast was all about her. And uh, after two weeks of aggressive treatment and intravenous fluids, and Jesus, thank God I'm a veterinarian and I can forget to bill myself, of course, not bill myself for all the labor. And I can take her home. We took her home and she was on IV fluids for, I'm going to say, 12 out of the 14 days she was at home. I'd bring her to work in the day and bring her back home. Um, So it was a lot easier on her and, and sort of easier on us, I guess. And people wouldn't have that option. But after 14 days on intravenous fluids, uh, even though her blood works nowhere near perfect, she's eating on her own. She's drinking on her own. Uh, she's not jaundiced, uh, so she's not yellow anymore from the liver disease, at least physically. So we're able to unhook her on the IV fluids, and she's still got a long road of recovery. Um, she's got at least a couple more weeks of antibiotics and and antioxidants and detox medication to help with her liver. Um, and then we got to run some more tests and, and unfortunately there's a possibility that she is going to develop some chronic liver abnormalities, but she's, uh, she's, she's turned a corner towards a uh, healthy land, let's say. And, uh, I want to thank everybody for their, their well wishes and their support and their advice and, and, and everything. It does uh, mean a lot. And as I mentioned in the last podcast, it's taught me Again, not to take for granted how much these animals mean to us and how much your pets mean to you guys and how much you trust your veterinarian. I hope the veterinarians out there listening understand that, that you know people are, are, are handing us their furry little family member and just trusting that we're going to do what we can to keep them comfortable and, and do everything we can to make them feel better. It's a scary situation when, when your animal gets that sick. So she's doing well, and uh, uh, the business is doing well, and my my staff are um, they're going to be sharing in the financial success of the clinic. Raises have been uh, have been occurring regularly the last six months, and and they've actually got a little Christmas bonus coming up soon, and, which they know about, but I don't think they realize how much it's going to be. So um, uh, we're not talking about thousands and thousands of dollars, but uh, uh, every little, uh, every little bit helps, and uh, we're gonna keep doing what we can to keep, you know, costs under control and and work with clients and and you know, sort of cut corners when needed, and uh, just pull together as a community, and and see if we can dodge these, dodge these bricks. So, you know, 
team, let's close this out with saying that, uh, um, you know, uh, having a good team is like wearing a helmet, you know, against those life's bricks. And I've definitely found a helmet that fits perfectly. So thanks for listening again to episode six of the Dr. Cliff podcast. Stay tuned. Give your animals a hug. Give your family a hug. A little elbow bump to those that are not in your bubble. And bob and weave. And hopefully you guys find a a helmet in your loved ones and your colleagues to help you uh, survive a, a shot to the head and keep your faith when life is throwing bricks at you. Love all you guys. Stay safe. Be kind to animals. Peace.